being very careful what you ask for. Or if you ask for it, just let the just ask for it and trust God. He'll move you in stages at, at, at the pace that you're ready for. How many know we always want to be there faster than you're ready to be there? The same thing physically, same thing spiritually. When you, you know, how many know when the baby is being healed, they can't wait to walk and crawl. Then they can't wait to walk. Then they you got what's the next phase? Stop running around the house. <laughs> they just running, just running, just running. Then they can't wait till they're five. Then they can't wait till they eight. Then they can't wait till they're 13. Then they can't wait till they're 16. Then they can't wait till they're 18. Then they can't wait till they're 21. You always want time to move faster than it should. Then when you get way down the road, now you want to reverse it. Okay, I need some anti-age creams. I need the Botox. I need the detox. I need all of them other tox. <laughs> just, just go with the flow, folk, and do the best you can every day. That's why the Bible says, don't be worried about it. It says, when it comes to yesterday, you can't do nothing about that. Leave it. And it says, when it comes tomorrow, it says, that'll take care of itself. Get the most out of today. And that was the revelation I got when I got back from vacation. If you can just focus on getting the most out of that day, don't worry about tomorrow because most of what you worry about does not happen or does not happen that way. Okay, so let's go ahead and jump into this. So this is, because uh, I'm going to bring out a few other things you, just for you to be sensitive of and careful of. Uh, I think they have a picture of this book. I'm going to highly recommend uh, this book called Pigs in the Parlor. And um, if y'all can't, that might need to turn off those uh, pink lights so they can see the screen a little bit more. And so, uh, but it's called Pigs in the Parlor. And um, um, I had read other books before I read that one. Some of the other books that I've read are more detailed. Like I read this big $400 you know, dollar book by Derek Prince. That thing is detailed, very detailed. And so my wife had the book for a long time and I just didn't read it. So now that I've read the book, me personally, that's the best read for a lot of individuals. It's the best read. It's very, very simple, easy read, but it's very, it gives you the basic thorough information that you need. But me personally, my personal opinion is that, that every single person needs to read that book, period, okay? And, 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 and I'm just telling you, every single person needs to read that book. You need to have it in your household. When you read it, don't read it while you're watching TV. Don't read it while you're on Facebook. Don't read it with no music on. Read the book and highlight it so that you can go back and look at it because that book is very, 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 very important and insightful. And so as I study other ministers that have been down this road, I'm learning more and more and more. So let's do that. Let's go ahead and jump into the word Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1 through 3 it says so we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard let me say this i'm sorry forgot how many people listen to us online for you that are listening online the name of the book is called pigs in the parlor by frank and ida may hammond pigs in the parlor by frank and ida may hammond we were in the airport yesterday because we had to go rent a car for something and uh i was holding a book and lady was like pigs in the parlor is that a pigs in the parlor? She said, I said, yes. She didn't know what it was. So she said, oink, oink. She was just, I didn't even have the heart to just tell her what the book was about. <laughs> that was hilarious. She said, oink, oink. And I was just like, okay. I started to, that's not today. Not today. <laughs> you got to be careful with this subject. So, uh, so let's go back and start with the scripture again. Hebrews 2, 1 through 3. So we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard. Or we may drift away from it. If you're not careful when it comes to the things of God, you will drift away. For the message God delivered through angels has always stood firm and every violation of the law and every act of disobedience was punished. So what makes us think we can escape if we ignore this great salvation that was first announced by the Lord Jesus himself and then delivered to us by 
those who heard him speak. So that's the passage of scripture that I'm opening up with. And we're going to talk about kind of just some reminders, something that the Holy Spirit said to me this way. He said, you must take the scripture seriously and not casually. Uh, there are a lot of Christians that still today, they take the scriptures uh, casually um, and, uh, and not seriously. And so uh, you just can't do that nowadays or you will be part of the problem. Second Timothy two, uh, three through seven, it says, endure suffering along with me as a good soldier. How many good soldiers do I have in here as a good soldier of Christ Jesus? Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life. For then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. I mean, you know, that officer is Jesus. And athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules because we are in a war. We're also in a race, but there are what you call rules of engagement. And hardworking farmers should be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labor. How many folk getting ready to be hardworking farmers? He said, think about what I'm saying and the Lord will help you understand all these things. So three things here. Number one, he said, don't get tied up in worldly things because we are in a war. That doesn't mean you can't go to the grocery store, you can't go to the movies, and you can't have your favorite television show. But it's saying be careful to get so tied up in these things that it becomes first and Jesus becomes last. Okay, the number, uh, bless you, the folk that should know about you, the spiritual realm, heaven should always be able to see you and, and say, you know what, when it comes to them, they put God first in everything and all that other stuff falls by the wayside. Um, because uh, the main purpose when you become a Christian, you are enlisted, whether you want to be enlisted or not. You are enlisted into the army of the Lord. You are a soldier for Jesus Christ. Your number one agenda now is to please the one who has enlisted you. And you can't do that if you get too tangled up in all of this stuff out here. And let me tell you today, they got some stuff for you to be tangled up with. Bernard and I were joking with my kids the other day and we were talking about how we were growing up. It was pretty much, I think we had like maybe seven channels. Well, there's only really three or four of them that you would actually watch. This is back in the 60s. In the 70s, you know, you only like three or four channels that were really good. The other ones, you couldn't have see them because you had to adjust the antenna and antenna was a static. And, and then around 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, television just went off. And they, and they started singing the national anthem. <laughs> and the rockets red glare. American flag just moving like that. And when they finished that national anthem, boy, See, <laughs> so... It was a little bit easier back then to be less distracted. Now, man, you can have four DVRs set up at the same time, and each one is uh, taping four channels, and that's still not enough. And that's just sports. I mean, it's just insane what can get your attention. Then you add social media, you add the internet, YouTube. I know I got some YouTubes. Y'all just sit up there and just look up crazy stuff on YouTube all day long. And all these things can get your attention. The next thing you know, oh, man, you know, it's just like, well, you know, it's time to go to bed. Now, lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. I'm going to try to read a couple of Psalms. And you start with Psalm chapter one. Thus saith the, and that's it. And it's only because you let everything else get ahead of God. And it's hard. Trust me. You know, Lord woke me up three o'clock this morning. On the dot. I had a choice. I made the right choice today. I just want to say, you know, so I made the right choice. I, <laughs> it's got to increase my average and my percentage in that area. 
Okay, so but it was good. So, um, so yes, don't get tied up in worldly things. It says you are in a race, and there are rules to that race. Okay, you can you're not just allowed to run. How many know that there are disqualifications when it comes to a race? Um, and then it says the third part. It says those who do work hard for the kingdom, God will greatly reward them. Okay, so you need to keep those things in mind. No one gets disappointed being totally sold out to God. Always remember that. There are no disappointments for those who are totally sold out. The disappointments are only for those who have step. They will only be the only ones that will be disappointed as their life goes forward. And then they step to the other side. No one will be disappointed because they were totally sold out to Jesus Christ. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18 says a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Strong in the Lord has to do with his character. And his mighty power has to do with everything you saw him do. We are the sons of God. Scripture says that Jesus is the firstborn of many brethren. You cannot be my brother unless we both have the ability to do the same thing. That's why the Bible says in Mark 16, these signs shall follow them that believe. They do the same thing as Jesus did. Okay. And so, uh, and so um, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. So the, one of the keys today is one of the reasons why the world does not recognize Jesus because the ones who are supposed to be his brothers don't operate the way that he operates in character or in power. Okay. And so, uh, you know, even Gandhi made a statement. He said, oh, I love Christianity. Just Christians are terrible. Okay. And so don't, you know, hey, be a standard folk. I never forget years ago when I worked for the city of Detroit water department, was this guy, he always made this excuse about, cause I, back then I really didn't know how to witness or was afraid, whatever it was. And so I would just invite people to church, invite people to church. And I would always invite him. And he always has, have an excuse and excuse and excuse and excuse. And his excuse was always, the, the other Christians on the job. Well, look at them. They ain't doing, they hypocritical. And, and look at them and, and, and I and look at them and I keep on inviting them. Well, ain't nobody trying to think, oh, look at them. Look at them Christians over there and all of that. And then once, one day I was talking to the man, the Holy Spirit said, use yourself as an example. He got to doing all that complaining. I said, well, what about me? He just sat there. He didn't have a word to say. So he came to church. Okay. You got to be an example. Let them talk about you. Hey, how many know they're going to talk about you on the job until they get in trouble? And then when they, when they get in trouble, they hanging around your desk, <laughs> trying to soak up some of your juice. And uh, they get to beating around the bush. And, and, and some of them just flat out, hey, I need prayer. Well, wasn't you the one to say you didn't believe in Jesus? Yeah, yeah just don't pay no attention. I just need prayer. Everybody's an atheist until they get ready to die. Some about getting close to death, you start seeing the other side. Okay? Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers, number one, authorities of the unseen world, number two, against mighty powers in this dark world, number three, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Most Christians do not take this scripture seriously. He just told you that we will be in constant war with the invisible. So everything that you see out here, the impressions that you get in your mind, the strife in the marriage, abortion, murder, kidnapping, whatever it is, churches fighting, you know, the world coming against us, us, all of that is based on invisible things. And so when you start moving over into teaching about demons, you know, everybody wants to shut the door on you. Oh, no, we don't believe in that. Oh, you got to be careful about talking about the devil. No, you ain't got to be careful about talking about the devil. It's you not talking about him that's going to mess you up. And so that's something that you need to take very, very seriously. Let me say this. I know that moving over into this territory, 
even for some of you, it's uncomfortable because some of you that have been around the church were never taught this or you were taught wrong. And it's just so many things uh, that people have wrong in their mind about the dark side. And so, uh, but you have to just trust us. I can't not preach the truth because people are uncomfortable. What I have to do is, for those that are uncomfortable, they just got to remain uncomfortable because the folk that's in the darkness, they're not uncomfortable. They're waiting for somebody to teach the truth. Waiting. And, you know, these phone calls I'm getting, y'all, I'm just like, okay, we're going to have to be really, not, you don't have to be ready for it. You just have to make sure that we are pure, that we are in the word, that we are in prayer. As long as you do that, you can manhandle darkness very easily. But the stuff, this, the, the phone calls that we're getting more and more and the stuff that we're dealing with, it's just very unfortunate that most of our brothers and sisters, they just can't deal with this. They just can't. They just can't. They're afraid. They're untaught. I'm still learning. You don't learn this stuff overnight. It take you years to learn this. After 30 years, you're still not an expert. You're always going to see something that's going to make you go fast. Lord Jesus, what in the world is this mess right here? I mean, I'm just telling you, it's crazy. It's a very, the, the spirit realm is a realm with no limitations. It's no limits. It's only one rule. Anything is possible in that realm. Now, the, now, anything is possible in that realm, but the Bible says anything is possible in this realm. Yeah. You understand? So, it's, so, so we got to bring our whole, y'all know what I'm saying. So therefore, verse 13, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to risk this, resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you'll still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth. Okay? You should always want to know the truth, including about yourself. If you don't want to know the truth about yourself, you have welcomed Satan in your life to deceive you forever. Okay? Truth. You should always want to know the truth. The truth may hurt your feelings, but it'll make you free. The truth may make you sad, but it'll eventually make you free. The truth may make you mad at first, but it'll eventually make you free because the truth is designed by God to make you free. I did a deliverance this past Thursday and, and the girl said something. And she says, I can't remember what she said. It was something that she felt was crazy. I said, that may sound crazy to you. I said, but that was the truth. Okay. I mean, watch this. If you are afraid, say, Lord, I am afraid and I need you to help me. That was the truth, that you are afraid. Okay. Oh, I'm not afraid. Then why are you over there hiding in the corner from the spider? <laughs> Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. Okay? So the, the, to the... the if you could see this, the reason why they did this this way is because if we could see you in the spirit around you, we could see armor on you or not. And the armor that you have on will be tempered with a certain level of brightness, depending on how you live and a certain amount of thickness, depending on how you live. Any police officer will tell you there's a difference in different types of body armor. OK, because you got you can have a regular bulletproof vest won't stop an armor piercing bullet. They got armor prison bullets, which if you get one of them, we're going to see you on CNN being taken to jail because those are flat out illegal. But you can increase the thickness of that armor and even that armor piercing bullet can be stopped. And so the scripture is saying that put on this body armor so that you can withstand all of the shots from the enemy. And and ah, I'm sorry. That's what happens when I want to keep going. And the Holy Spirit is like, nope. there's a vision that Rick Joyner had that the Lord gave him. And in the, in the vision some of you heard this before, a few of you. In the vision, he, the Lord took him to a mountain. He said, now watch. And so, let me get this right. The Lord showed him three armies. He said the first army was very, very small. And he said they all had on body armor full of light. He said they walked in perfect symmetry together. They were all in step. He said nobody cared about what the other's positions was. He said, he said they were flawless. They were perfect. Okay. 
And so he said, he said, and that, that group walked across the desert. And when they did, the desert became like a, like a, a garden, just trees and fruit and flowers and grass just blossomed everywhere. And so then the, and so then there was a second division. Jesus said, keep watching. <laughs> it is a second division that came through in the vision. And the second division was much, much larger than the first group. And the sec second division, he said, many of them were missing pieces of their armor. The swords were broken. The shields were kind of splintered. And uh, and he said that people were bumping into each other. He said there was some some jockeying for position. People were interested in titles and, and different things like that. And and uh, and uh, y'all get my point. He said it wasn't a whole lot of armor, etc. And he said they were all bumping to each other, confusion and strife. He said when they came through the land after the first group, he said it wasn't as lush anymore. He said a lot of the fruit had gone off the trees. Some of the leaves had withered. Um, and and y'all know what I'm saying. And so the Lord said, pay attention. And here come the third group. The third group, he said, was huge. He said that third root was, he said, it was humongous. He said they looked like homeless people that had been tattered and never, never had any clothes. He said they were, he said it looked like, y'all remember, uh, what is that uh, Charlie Brown character? That has, that's a dust ball. Pigpen? They said that's what it, he said that's what it looked like. Just a great big old dust cloud just coming. He said everybody just fighting. Nobody had on any armor, clothes, all tattered. Hardly, hardly anybody had a sword. He said when they came through, he said the desert plain looked worse than it did before they even got started. And he said that Jesus was standing next to him and he sensed the Lord's anger at this. And he, was, he could sense it. How many of you can sense when somebody is sad, angry, happy, etc.? You know, he sensed the Lord's anger. He said, Lord, if you're so angry, he said, why don't you speak to the first group to tell the second and the third group, you know, to just go someplace because they're tearing up everything. Lord, you know what the Lord told him? He said, how can I do that when the whole body of Christ is the third group? <laughs> when Jesus says few, he means few. Back in Noah's day, that was my father's favorite scripture. Only eight people got saved out the whole planet. And when it came to Sodom and Gomorrah, only one man made it out. His own wife turned into a pillar of salt, just him and his two daughters. And his two daughters were married and their husbands didn't make it out. That was a little shocking, wasn't it? I don't know why I shared that story now, but let's just keep on going. <laughs> so put on the body armor of God's righteousness. It's a huge holiness problem in the body of Christ right now. And you got people teaching that because of the grace of God, you can do whatever you want to because all of our sins are already forgiven. You got some leaders that are teaching, oh, if we hear when the Antichrist shows up, go ahead and take the mark of the beast because Jesus will understand. Okay, you go ahead and roll with that. They're not going to understand. God already told you, I don't change my mind. I change not. So if this is what I said, you're not going to change my mind. Y'all can't even change the people mind of Burger King. Have it your way. I want it free. It's not what we mean. You can't even change their mind. You think you're going to change God's mind? For shoes, put on a piece that comes from good news so that you will be fully prepared. That has to do with um, the good news is the gospel. Okay? Has to do with really evangelism. Verse 16. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. When it comes to faith, you must believe what God said and you must believe what God said about you. A lot of people, they believe that God will heal somebody else, but they don't believe God will heal them. They believe God will use somebody else, but they don't believe God will use them. 
When the scripture says you are seated together in heavenly places with Christ Jesus right next to him, far above all principally in power. That's exactly what his what he means. But if you don't believe that when you're running to Satan, you're going to be begging instead of pounding on his behind. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion, not just every once in a while when you get in trouble. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Those are the rules concerning a soldier. We haven't even got over to the race. That's another day. That's the rules and the instructions of how a soldier of the Lord is supposed to carry himself. So I encourage you to make this up, put it on your vision board and declare this over yourself and keep yourself responsible. Job 1, 8 through 10, King James. And the Lord said unto Satan, have you considered my servant Job that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that fears God and hates evil. God is, our God is also looking for folk to brag on the Satan. Don't even think about that. Tell him to go to the other door. <laughs> then somebody may need to step outside and let them know that that's the entrance and that's the exit. Then Satan answered and said, Lord, does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge? Everyone say force field. force field. Have you not made a force field about him and his house and about all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. So for the rest of this, we're going to talk about the things that you can do to make. We're going to talk about a few other things that cause that field to come down or things that the, the field is up, but you bring something through the field and now you are corrupted within while the shield is still up. Okay. <clears throat> okay. So but Satan made it clear that there was a force field not only around Job, but also around his property. And then Satan said, it's around everything the man got. His sheep, his cattle, his little tent, all of those. We can't get nowhere near the man. So that lets you know. And now, now, remember, why was it around that man? Because of what God said. He said, Satan, uh, look at my man right here. He's doing the right thing. Living right, living holy. I prospered him. He blessed. He got plenty of money. He held, got a wonderful, uh, uh, he's healed. He got plenty of money. Got a, a wonderful marriage, etc. He wanted to brag on the man. Well, because Job was living right, that force field was around him. Okay, but it comes down for certain reasons. Ecclesiastes 10.8. He that digs a pit shall fall into it. And he that breaks his own force field, a serpent will come in and destroy him. So there are things that you can do to bring down your own hedge. And when you bring down your own hedge, then the enemy will come in and he will bite you. How many know that when you get bit by a snake, at first it's painful. Then the poison begins to set in. Next thing you know, you are then paralyzed and then you eventually end up dying. Well, that mimics what the enemy does to you spiritually in your life. It just takes longer sometimes. Is that when you do certain things and that force field comes down, that enemy comes in and they don't, want, they, want to, they don't bring you down immediately. They just put the poison on the inside of you. And it ends up being a slow, excruciating death. So that by the time you get to 60, you can look back on your life and you don't have nothing to show for it except for drama. Then you die. One of the things the Holy Spirit said to me was this morning, many are digging their own pits and digging their own graves. Others are breaking their own force fields because of their lifestyle and because of their words. And when you get by a snake, get bit by a snake, you become poison. You must be careful with your words, folk. If Jesus wouldn't say it over you, don't say it over yourself. It's the reason why the Bible says you're going to give an account for every idle word. 
Okay, so let's look at this. Number one, numero one is live holy. First Peter 1, 14 through 19. Everybody say holy. holy. As your grandmama say at the church of God in Christ, holiness is still right. Bible says without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. Uh, so how you go from that to we can do anything. I don't get all that. First Peter 1, 14 through 19. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then, but now you must be holy in everything you do. Just as God who chose you is holy. In other words, I'm holy. I can't have sons that are not holy. For the scriptures, oh, I just read, said that. Scripture says you must be holy because I am holy. And remember that the heavenly father to whom you pray has no favorites. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of him during your time here as temporary residents. How many know this is a temporary place? I know you're going to faint when you see your real one. <clears throat> For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. Next scripture. Galatians 5.19, a couple of these just as reading scripture to remind you. Galatians 5.19, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Notice it's not you, it's the desires of your sinful nature that's in your body. Sexual immorality. Sexual immorality is not homosexuality. Sexual immorality is anything, any type of sex that is outside of a man that was born that way and a woman that was born that way. And they are married, not engaged. They are married. Everybody say amen. Let me just look at my imaginary congregation on the wall and see if they with me this morning. Okay. So that is the definition of sexual purity. Any other way is sexual immorality. If, the, if he wasn't born a man and she wasn't born a woman and they got married, not that they married themselves at home. People have done that. I personally know people that have done that. Oh, we don't have to go to the church. We don't have to go to a minister. We don't have to go to the justice of the peace. We can just sit here right on the couch and just marry each other. Mm. Now we married. There it is. Boom. Now let's have sex. And then he left her. In the words of the movie, just do the right thing. Even though they didn't do the right thing in the movie, it was just a nice title. Y'all know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay, so sexual immorality, impurity, things that you do that take away your purity. Lustful pleasures, idolatry, anything you put ahead of God. Sorcery, that's all in the category of witchcraft. We'll be talking about that in a couple of weeks. Hostility, how many know we got some hostile folks today? You couldn't calm them down if you throw a whole tank of water on top of their heads and set them on fire. Quarreling is fighting, arguing, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition. Nothing wrong with ambition. Something wrong with selfish ambition. You only want to succeed to make other folk look bad or to get revenge on people who said you wouldn't be nothing. Dissension. Dissension is separating yourself from the group. <laughs> yeah, the Lord told me I don't need to come to church. I can worship God at home. Yep, that's your name right there. Division, envy, drunkenness. Wild parries, poke like to, go, like to go to the club like I used to do. And other sins like these, let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things, but there is a law against the other things. So when you do those things, you're breaking spiritual law. And when you break spiritual law, you must be penalized. 
and it's only the grace of God that we didn't go to jail in the spirit. Y'all know what I'm saying? Okay. So it's not that you happen to do these things from time to time. Everybody makes mistakes. Okay. But it's talking about those who engage in this. They live a life of sin. This is their employment. They get up thinking about what they can get away with and what they can do. The last one on that topic is 2 Timothy 4, 2 through 5. Preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming where people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for preachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. And every single person in here has one. Okay. So you meditate those. You know, we tell people to live holy. Now, there are some people that they don't know. There are some people in the world, they don't know that fornication is wrong. They just don't know. You know, but but y'all know all of the major stuff to make y'all. You know what I'm saying? Look, and see now, now this she. Don't you think if somebody died for you and you're going to live in blissful eternity, that the least you could do is live for them? But so many people are just trying to see how close to sin can I get and still make it into the kingdom? That's the highest level of disrespect to the one who saved you. And it's just amazing to me that people. And let me say something. You know, I normally don't list stuff, but I got to start listing stuff now. Y'all, this is the stuff you should not be doing. Let's just keep it. Anything that has to do with spirits. Hard liquor, all of that type of stuff that make you drunk, leave that stuff alone. People still trying to justify, no, cigarettes does not make you look cool. It makes you look stupid. No, marijuana doesn't make you look cool. That's even stupider. No, smoking a, cigar, uh, a cigar doesn't make you look cool. Make you look like a part of the mafia. None of this stuff is cool. All of this stuff destroys your body. Don't be like Clinton. Well, you know, I, I, I put it in my mouth, but I didn't, I didn't puff or inhale, whatever he said. No, no, we're pretty sure that if you, that you, you did that. You don't, just don't be sitting up here lying to the American people. Just go ahead and be honest that you did it because most of the people will have compassion on you because they did it themselves. The Bible calls that destroying your temple. You're destroying. The music you're listening to is destroying you. The stuff you're doing is destroying you. The people you're watching is destroying you. Some of the folk that you are hanging with are destroying you. Get away. Let me tell you something, y'all. When you stand before the Lord, that cigarette company ain't going to be there. You ain't going to be able to justify crack cocaine or marijuana. You ain't going to be able to justify sleeping around. Well, you know, Lord, no, they ain't going to know nothing. Did you obey my word? Jesus said, I'm not even going to be the one to judge you. He said, the word is. And when you stand before the throne, this is going to freak you out. You know why? Because when you stand before the Lord, Jesus is going to stay silent and you're going to see a Bible that speaks to you. Every book in heaven is a living organism. The thing speaks to you. Jesus said, I'm going to judge. He said, the words that I spoke are going to judge you. And it's going to be a book. It's not going to look like these books, but it's going to be a living thing that's going to say, wrong answer. You didn't obey the word. Jesus is going to be just sitting there. Everybody say, live holy. holy. Do the right thing. thing. 100%. 100%. And if you do that, the Lord will bless you to that degree. Because I'm telling y'all, I don't have time to do this. I'm probably move over into this again when we finish this series. But y'all, the Bible makes it clear that your personal righteous lifestyle on planet Earth determines what type of clothes you wear in heaven. Scripture makes that clear. It's... 
It just makes it clear. It is, I'll give you one little small one. It says, there are, ro it says there are gowns of salvations, but robes of righteousness. Just as the planet said that when he was in heaven, he didn't even know about it. He read it, but it just went past his mind. He said when he was in heaven, he asked the angels, he said, why are them, some of them just wearing them little simple gowns and these folk got these illustrious robes? He said, oh, those are the ones that just made it in by their fingernail. So they just get them a little gown of salvation and a robe of righteousness. I need a robe. I need one of them ones that it take 15 people to move out the way. Oh, here he comes. Here he comes. <laughs> Y'all, when I was in Nigeria, they had this section for the kings. Man, I didn't even want to pray. I just wanted to stare at them. <laughs> this is off the chain. And they show up, y'all, and these all of these tricked out Range Rovers or Mercedes Benz. And, and I mean, I mean, I'm standing there watching this because I was one of the pastors today. I was allowed to go to the same entrance. And I'm just standing there watching this. And they pulling up in these tricked out Range Rovers. And he's sitting there. And, and, and they got three guys with AK-47s. They're going into the, I mean, it was just insane. And they had this whole section with kings. I mean, and these guys, I'm not exaggerating when I tell you that you might have a guy my size, but his robe would take up three seats. I mean, he's just sitting there. <laughs> I better stop. Because my wife is already laughing before I got to the example, so that must, I don't know what she's thinking about. I mean, it's and with this jury and all of these individuals and all that type of stuff. And so, uh, I mean, it was just an amazing thing to see. So that's how you're supposed to look. Hey, when you see, particularly when you see how the, the Indians, the Africans, and the Chinese dress in all of that royal garb, that's low level compared to what you're supposed to be dressed like. Low level. Low level. I, was, I just read a scripture the other day, and, and, and the prophet said that Jesus showed up, and he had on a beautiful robe, but the thing was soaked in red. And, he, and I, just, I just read this in Isaiah, and he asked the Lord, why is your robe soaked in red? He said, because... I just got through destroying my enemies and I was the only one who did it. <laughs> Y'all, Jesus is not. Let's go. All right, we're going to do two more. One of the things that I want to do now is mention to you something called accursed things. Um, things that the demons, for some reason, they love objects. And they will attach themselves to objects or things can just be cursed. And the scripture makes it clear that if you bring an accursed thing into your house, your house and you will be accursed. So we're not going to do this today, but I'm going to encourage you for a week to ask the Lord, Lord, what is in my house that needs to go out? Joshua 618, the Amplified. But you keep yourself from the accursed and devoted things. Lest when you have devoted it to destruction, you take off the accursed thing and so make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. Many people are dealing with trouble in their house and they don't know it's that, that item that they purchased. Joshua 7, let's see how they lost an entire war over this. Joshua 7, 3. And they returned to Joshua and said to him, let not all the men go up, but let about 2,000 or 3,000 go up and attack this whole army. Do not make the whole army go uh, toil up there because it's just a few of them. So about 3,000 Israelites went up. How I many know this is supposed to be an easy, easy win? But then they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai killed about 36 of them. For they chased them from before the gate as far as uh, Shabaram and slew them at the descent. And the hearts of the people melted and became water. Because God told them, you won't lose one person. They just lost 36. And now the people are afraid. Then Joshua tore his clothes and lay on the earth upon his faith before the ark of the Lord until evening. He and the elders of Israel. 
and they put dust on their heads. They just moaning and groaning and fasting and praying. And Joshua said, oh, Lord God, why have you brought this people over the Jordan uh, at all only to give us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? Would that we had been content to dwell beyond the Jordan. Oh, Lord, you know how we like to pray. What can I say now that Israel has turned to flee before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear of it and will surround us and cut off our name from the earth. And what will you do for your great name? And the Lord said to Joshua, get your behind up and stop all that crazy praying. <laughs> exactly what he said. Why are you sitting up there laying on your face all around doing all that praying? He said in verse 11, it's simple. Israel sinned. They have transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. They have taken some of the things devoted for destruction. They have stolen and lied and put them among their own baggage. So when they did that, force field came down. That is why the Israelites could not stand before their enemies, but fled before them. They are accursed and have become devoted for destruction, just like the thing was. I will cease to be with you unless you destroy the accursed things among you. This is crazy. God is saying, if you don't destroy that thing, I won't be with you. Get up, sanctify, set apart for a holy purpose the people and say, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, there are cursed things in the midst of you, O Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you take away from you among the things devoted for destruction. See, sometimes you all that land before the Lord is something simple. You messed up. Okay. I'm still amazed at people, they, they live a life of sin and can't figure out. I mean, I, I, I never forget, years ago, I interviewed this girl, and she said, this ain't working, that ain't working, this ain't working, that ain't working. So finally, I just started asking the question, are you doing this? Nope. Are you doing this? Nope. Are you doing this? Yes. Are you doing this? Yes. I was like, so let me ask you a question. Why is it that you're not living holy in no area of your life and living in sin in almost every area, and you wonder why God is not with you in your house? It's called two plus two equals four. In her case, five. Accursed things can be jewelry. Be careful when someone gives you a gift. I'm going to say this again. Told you about the gentleman. His, 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 um, his mother-in-law is from another country. She gave him a piece of jewelry. And, and this person is very healthy. They work out. They lift weights. They drink a lot of water. All of that. Didn't matter. Brought that thing into the house. Instantly started having headaches, migraines. Couldn't figure it out. Couldn't figure it out. Thought it was something going on. Just couldn't figure out migraines every single day. He did a fast and prayer session. The Lord said, the Lord just told him this, get rid of the necklace. Got rid of the necklace, headache stopped the next day. Now, we don't know what the, what the, what the history is behind it, but we don't know what, part, what ceremony was a part of that necklace. You don't know where that thing came from. Everything in Walmart didn't come from Walmart. Especially when you buy stuff at these little street vendors. You don't know what they did. Okay. Um, one of my sons, when we were in Mexico, um, he bought a necklace. And when I saw it, I was like, uh, I don't know. I said, I'm not going to say nothing right now. That night, the Lord gave me a dream. That, that night. And so I said, okay, I'm going to just let him wear it over here. When we get back home, I'll talk to him about it. When I brought it up to him, he said, the Lord was already convicting me about the thing. He's already convicting me about the thing. Okay. Um, I told you about dolls. You have to be a dolls can very much be a curse. Now, I'm not saying you got to go home and burn Barbie and Ken and all that type of stuff. I ain't saying all of that. Yeah, people be taking stuff too far. You know what I'm saying? You know, this is not, not this is not for you to just go home now after the message and you standing in front of the door with a flamethrower. Where they at? <laughs> no, this is for you to go home and the Holy Spirit might bring something to your attention now. But this is something for you to go home and say, because it could be something that's there and you forgot about it. Okay, um, 
And so it can be jewelry, it can be dolls. I took, gave you the testimony about the man that there. And it was, what's very interesting is when you bring these things into their home, it might not affect the parents, but it usually affects the children. So what's amazing, it affects the children. And so we had so many testimonies in other books that I've read about people who the ch children would have a problem and, and they fast and pray. And the Lord said, get rid of them dolls. Don't throw it away. It's interesting about the dolls. He doesn't say throw it away. He says, pull it apart. And, and one guy said that he was pulling these pins out the, as he was pulling the pins out the dial, all of the pains in his wife were disappearing at the same time. I think they got, it was a, like a Dutch dial or something like that. Okay, I told you about the one guy. They had 50, like 50 some dials in the attic. And, uh, and the Lord told them, they said, get rid of all of them dolls. And he said, when they start dismantling the one, the other one start talking right in the attic. He said, Francia, where's she from? She tell you, oh, that's, that's normal when you come from places. You know, I, mean, I mean, I want you to, I'm going to show you how ignorant we can be about the spiritual realm. Now, this ain't television. This is true. I want you to think about something. Somebody does not like you. So they get a dial. And they make a pronouncement over it. And now they say, now in the spirit, this doll is you. And then when they poke the doll, you feel pain. That's how strong the spiritual realm is. That's how real it is. I was, I've been waiting for somebody to try that on me. Please just. When you write, hey, look, let me tell you something. I'm like Jesus. Remember what Jesus told the devil? He said, I know you're coming, but when you show up, you ain't going to find nothing in me. Statues and masks from other countries, okay? Particularly for, I mean, Mexican, Indian, African, have a lot of people from African descent, leave them, leave them mask over there. <laughs> and if you buy one here, leave it at the store. 12 year old boy, always fearful and nervous and trouble sleeping. Parents were missionaries. And when they were on the mission field, they brought back some masks and other artifacts that had. Uh, other artifacts and it caused their home to be cursed because it was a cursed. A team was ministering to a nine-year-old girl who woke up every night scared. When they ministered to the girls, there was nothing suspect or suspect about her or her actions. So the minister asked if they could go to the home and inspect the little girl's room. Three things were found in the little girl's room. These things are also known amongst others to attract evil spirits. One was a book that she got from public school on witchcraft. See, let me tell you something. The reason why the devil's trying to get this stuff public in school is because he knows that the children will bring it home and then he can get into everybody's home through the school. So that was the first thing. Um, the second thing was a stuffed frog. Um, and then the third thing was over the girl's bed dangled six little owl images that glowed in the dark. The parents agreed to remove and destroy the items, then prayed for all unclean spirits to leave her room, declared the blood of Jesus Christ, covered her and the room. And ever since after right after that, the girl has been sleeping peacefully ever since. Now, let me say something. How uh, the reason why we're going through this, because um, most ministers, deliverance ministers are always going to be uncomfortable with you having certain animals in your house, because even the Bible talks about certain animals have a particular curse on them. Okay, how many know there are a lot of animals that exist? A lot of fish in the sea, a lot of birds in the air. You got, you got plenty of other stuff to pick from than I come over your house and, and, and in the middle of the living room is a cage with a pet vulture. What is wrong with you? Out of all of the birds in the sky, you got a vulture in your house. 
wondering why you're having headaches every night. Okay? So, um, so uh, it uh, could have been the witchcraft book, but it also was probably the frog and the owls. In scripture, frogs and owls are always tied to witchcraft and always uh, attached to the curse. Um, it's not a coincidence that both the frog and the owl, their eyesight is sharper than most other animals. They also can see color. If it's so dark outside that you couldn't see your hand in front of your face, the owl and the frog can actually see full color. It's also not a coincidence that both of those are night creatures. Okay? And so, so you have to be very careful what's in your house. This is, y'all, let me tell you something. So as a suggestion, see, when you tell me stuff like this, I'm not at Walmart praying over the frog. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just want you to reveal to me your will. No, I'm, I'm going to just jump over to the ladybug. I, I think I'm going to deal with that. Okay, so, so how many of you know, it's pretty much common sense that, that I don't think you should have no snakes in your house. Now, the snake is the one animal that God specifically spoke to and said he was cursed. That is a cursed animal, period. It's the only animal that God spoke to. Now, when it comes to other animals, he told Moses, now stay, from the, stay away from these animals because they are cursed. And then in the New Testament, they have been cleansed because it was symbolic. But the snake is not. The snake is the only animal God spoke to the snake and said, you will always be cursed. Because the snake stood upright like a human. Go back and read it in scripture. That's why he said, from now on, you're flowing your belly. Because that's not how snakes operate. So don't bring, bring in those snakes up in your house. So stay away from snakes. And, and frogs and um, um, owls. If you pay attention to witchcraft, um, especially at a higher level, there will be an owl someplace around. You know, it's an, it's an owl. An owl is a, um, it's a night creature. How many of you know an owl looks crazy? You be looking at an owl, he's just looking at you. And they can't move their eyeballs. That's why they have to turn their eyes like that. And, you know, and I mean, I mean, come on, y'all. I mean, sometimes at nighttime, you hear them out there crying, or, or, or sometimes you can see their eyes at nighttime. Okay, and so, so yeah, now some people like cats, so I'm not going to rebuke you about the cats. That's on you. I'm not having no cat in my household. I wake up, and that cat's staring at me in the bed like that. Mm -mm. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Okay? It's not going to happen. So, so there are certain animals that have a, and it's not cats so much as it is black cats. Certain animals, any, watch this, anything that they're using in the scary movies is the reason why they're using it in the scary movies. They use snake in scary movies. They use frogs. They use owls. Why in the world would you ever have a pet bat? They use bats. They use hawks. Hawks is also a negative bird in scripture. Eagle is a positive one. Ravens, crow, yeah, ravens, crows, all of these are negative animals. And so I don't suggest that you have these things as pets because you could be opening up yourself to something, even if it's just a little small statue. You saw the little frog and he was green at the store, but where did he come from? Paintings. It's the first thing. I know some of you may not like this, but it's still true anyway, because I hate to say this, but when when when. And it wasn't Obama's idea. He allowed it. But when Ms. Clinton was there, they had all of these demonic paintings put in the White House. The first thing that Melania Trump asked for was a group of ministers, Holy Ghost filled one. She said, y'all come in here with your anointing oil. And she said, cleanse the White House of all of this demonic stuff. Go look it up. Clinton, Mrs. Clinton, she didn't keep it private, y'all. She didn't keep it private. Mrs. Clinton, had a, uh, her, her mentor was a full-blown practicing witch. 
She was very high level. They wouldn't even keep it a secret. You can go see the lady that was training her. You got YouTube videos of the lady in a womb were all white and spreading pig's blood on the walls. Why would you connect yourself to somebody like that? Spirit of Jezebel. That's why all of the preachers were scared of Mrs. Clinton. Not me. I know y'all, some of y'all looking like, I don't watch TV like y'all do. I'll find out true sources. Media is always lying to you. They need ratings. They don't, and you can't get ratings with truth. You can never get high ratings with truth. Jesus proved that. Hey, so, so you got to be, you be careful with all of these things. And so paintings, I learned my lesson the hard way. Food dedicated to idols. Got to be careful about some of these foreign restaurants that you go to. So I had never tried Indian food. So I was driving down the street and I was like, hmm, that looks like a wonderful place to try. So I went in there, sat down and ate. I was the only one in there. And I'm one of those individuals that I'm usually can pick up stuff. There are other times when you can get me. And a lot of people, I know this is not proper English, a lot of people got got in scripture over food. Adam and Eve, they got taken down over food. You know, one guy sold his whole birthright over food. Satan tried to get Jesus with food. I mean, the list goes on and on when it comes to food. That's how powerful food is. So I went up in this Indian restaurant and I saw the buffet. It's like, yeah, man, give me that buffet. I'm sitting over there and, and I'm eating. And I looked up a couple of times. I was like, well, that's weird. They're just all staring at me. Eh, whatever, the food is good, and I just kept on eating, boom, boom, <laughs> boom. And so, uh, so I told my wife, you got to try this Indian restaurant. It's off the chain. I'm thinking about the food. So I think Devon and I were coming from maybe the Sunday service, and my wife, we were, it was a date, so my, it was the most terrible date we've probably ever been on. So I had my wife drive there. We met me there, Devon dropped me off. We in the restaurant. I'm all buffeted up, ready. Got my food. She got her food. And uh, I'm sitting there enjoying myself, and, I, and my wife had this look on her face and let me know, I think I'd have messed up again. <laughs> same look she had, same look she had on her face when we went to that church, which is now closed. Anyway, well, we went to a church. I knew we were in trouble. I thought it was off the chain. I took my wife the second time, and she's like, "No, you got caught up in the rock and roll show." She didn't even want to shake the preacher's hand. That's how bad it was. She sat over in the corner. I know she wasn't scared, but she sat over in the corner like she was scared. I don't even want to touch that man. He was cheating on his wife on a regular basis. That church is now closed. Big church. Right over here on the other side of town. Huge church. Gone. Church up for sale now. Whole congregation dispersed. Unreal. What was I talking about? Oh, yeah. So we're in the restaurant. And, and, and long story short, those same men were there looking at us crazy again. But this time I picked it up. We were on the devil's domain eating his food. And, and, and everything's trying to come. They tried to come home with my wife. She had to pray that mess off of her because we were actually eating food that was accursed. There's something that you must understand about a lot of the Indian culture. For those that are not connected to Christ, they literally dedicate every meal and every utensil to their Hindu God. They dedicate it. And so I'm up there in a restaurant full of it, just eating away, just eating away, just eating away. Okay. And so you have to be very, very careful of, of these things, you know. Again, you ain't got, I mean, you just be careful where you go. Okay, if you don't have peace, just roll. Because God is not always going to tell you. 
Some, some of y'all got your curiosity is too high. God tell you what's going on. You want to investigate now. You want to interview the people. Go in. You want to go in with holy oil and sprinkle it all over the food so you can eat. No, sit your behind down. Ouija boards and any books tied to witchcraft and the occult. Let me say something the Holy Spirit told me. Okay, these things glow in the dark. Anything that's accursed, it glows in the dark. How many of you know, and, and it stands out, how many of you know it would be very, very strange if you went to Publix and you went to the grocery section and you saw a pair of jeans on a hanger laying on the apples? It's very strange. Why? Guess what you would say? This doesn't belong here. Well, when you, have, when you are a son of God and you're a daughter of the king, your house is supposed to be holy. So if you have something that's accursed in your house, the enemies that are flying throughout the nighttime, they're looking for what stands out. And so they see, oh, she got something in her house that doesn't belong there. Because whatever doesn't go to heaven is not supposed to be in your house. And so it's an attachment, and then you give them license to come in because they can come in because the thing is cursed. And since they're cursed, you have allowed them to be a magnet and come right on inside the house. And most people don't know this. Quit buying every little thing, every little thing that's out there. Okay, first Peter 5, 8, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So these things can be in your house. Spend a week praying and ask God, is there anything in your home that should not be there? And he will. Now, he might tell you what it is. He might give you a glimpse in your spirit, man. In other words, you'll have a flash. I remember one time I couldn't find my wedding ring. So I prayed, I asked the angel to show me where my wedding ring was. And then on the inside, I just got a flash of the towel that I use to dry off when I get the shower. I just got a flash of the towel. It's orange. Well, at that time it was orange. It was just an orange towel. That's all I got. I had to go investigate. When I went and investigated, when I lifted up the towel, there was my wedding ring. So they'll sometimes give you a flash. You know, Thus saith the Lord, that ring that you bought when you were in Hawaii five years ago, I was trying to, he ain't going to do all of that. Just show you a flash of the ring. Not going to give you an explanation. Flash. Just get rid of it. You can always buy another ring. Or he also may give you a dream. Just like the lady had moved into a new house. And every night she had a dream of a gargoyle taunting her every single night. Every single night. Every single night. A few days later, went into the basement over in the corner. Pulled back the sheet. There was a statue of the very gargoyle creature that was tormenting her in the dream. They destroyed the gargoyle statue. And then the dream stopped. Because the thing was accursed. Okay. Sometimes the accursed thing is a person. I'll let that sink in for a moment. No, it's not your husband and your wife. You'd be surprised if I don't say that. I got a divorce, Pastor. The curse is out of my life, Pastor. <laughs> what? I just be coming up with stuff. Hey? I'm just telling you, this is stuff the Lord told me. I've been up since 3 o'clock this morning. Sometimes the accursed thing is a person, okay? And that person can be someone you're dating, and they can be a Christian. I'm telling you. There's a lot of Christians that got curses on them. They just, they just made a good decision. They accepted the Lord. It doesn't mean that they're pure. There's something on them, and you hooked up with them, and now you bring brought down to the ground. Then the Lord said this one. Sometimes the cursed person is a pastor, Told you about the member of the church here. Now, this church, they, 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 
got this one over here to close, a bunch of them closing, three of them closing, all, all, all three of them are losing so many members. They, 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 they closed on all three churches, then they moved to another one. So let me see, three failures move into another failure, and now all four of y'all failures. Okay, so you got small ones closing down, you got big ones closing down. Over there on the Riverdale side, you got a couple closing down. This one is huge, I'm not gonna mention the name. It was a huge church, huge, huge mega church, closed, $30 million in debt. Congregation dispersed, now they meet in the gym. Because the pastor couldn't stop cheating on his wife. And when a pastor does that, he stepped into the accursed thing, and now that spirit comes upon the entire congregation. That's the reason why one of the members of that church, okay, the Lord gave him a vision of a man's penis on top of the church so that he would be encouraged to leave. Y'all look like, what? Why would God do something like that? Because God ain't nervous, you are. God ain't all, oh, oh, angels, you think we should use this example? They might be offended. God is not nervous. He created. There's nothing that makes God nervous. Makes, nothing that makes him, you know, I don't know if we should do that. That might. No, he just does it because he knew that I'm going to show this young man what type of perversion is on this church. What type of curses on this church. Can you imagine being in a vision and you see a man's. I know this guy, younger kids, they hear worse stuff at school. A man's penis is on top of a mega church. How many of you know? If the Lord give you a vision like that. That might, might not be, the, I can't even get it out, that might not be the church you're supposed to be a member of. Just. Why? Because there are, some, there are some people that they attach more to their pastor than they are to, uh, to God. And no matter how off track that pastor gets, they'll stay, they'll, they'll let the pastor take him to hell. Last one, y'all got that. Y'all gonna pray about that. Oh, yes, yeah, so, so I had a man give me a piece of jewelry one time. Took that thing home. I opened it up. I was like, uh, it's already cheesy. I know I'm not saying the word right. Cheap then. I would just say cheap. Raggedy. I mean, they wouldn't even sell, to me, they wouldn't even sell something like this at the dollar store. I mean, it was just like, why would you give me something like this? But maybe the heart counts and all that type of stuff. But the more I hung on that other thing, every time I opened my drawers, I was just like, just uncomfortable about this. One time a lady wrote me a letter and the Lord said, throw out the letter because the curse that was on her life. Y'all, and you ain't got to be an expert. Just listen to the Lord and be willing to put everything underneath the blood or in the trash or both. If the Lord says, get rid of it, get rid of it. But they gave me a brand new car. Get rid of it. You and the car are going to be in jail. You're going to be incarcerated and the jail is going to be impounded. Both of y'all behind a fence. Last one is music and then we'll close. 1 Samuel 16, 14 through 18. Now the spirit of the Lord had left Saul and the Lord sent a tormenting spirit that filled him with depression and fear. That right there just told you that fear and depression comes from an actual demonic spirit. It just told, It's all over the word. I'm seeing it even more now because a lot of some of them is clear. Sometimes they're using symbolism. Just like the one, he that breaks a hedge, a serpent will come bite him. Yeah, and that's just telling you what the demon is going to do. And so some of Saul's servants said to him, a tormenting spirit from God is troubling you. Let us find a good musician to play the harp. Whenever the tormenting spirit troubles you, he will play soothing music. 
you will soon be well again. All right, Saul said, find me someone who, number one, plays well, not as anointed. I don't know, that sounds strange to y'all. He can play well and bring him here. One of the servants said to Saul, one of Jesse's sons from Bethlehem is talented. Not only that, he's brave. He's a man of war. This ain't no punk. And he has good judgment. He's not going to make stupid decisions. That should be every man's confession. He is also a fine looking young man. In other words, he shaved. He take care of himself. He puts on deodorant. He put lotion on his legs, all of those stuff. And the Lord is with him. So this was this young man. Let's look at what David did in 1 Samuel 16, 23. Whenever the tormenting spirit from God troubled Saul, David would play the harp. Then Saul would feel better and the tormenting spirit would go away. First rule of music. It will either draw an unclean spirit or it'll make a unclean spirit leave. The biggest way that the enemy is filling Christians' heads is through the music. It's through the music. If music can make an unclean and tormenting spirit leave, it can make them come. And it's still too many Christians that you keep hanging on all of this raggedy secular music. You're listening to it all day, listening to it all day, listening to it all day. And let me say something, though, that's going to help you out, though. Although the main purpose of music is to worship God, Scripture does not restrict believers to only listening to Christian music. The problem is that most mainstream secular music is satanic and promotes things that God hates. So most of the mainstream stuff out here, from rock to R&B to even country to, to all the other ones, rap and all of that type of stuff, most of that stuff is not glorifying God, the mainstream stuff. It's, look, at every genre of music, rap, country music, you got to go on iTunes and all these other outlets, um, title, and it's plenty of music out there. I mean, tons, hundreds of thousands of pieces, but they don't get the airtime because they're not feeding the flesh of the masses. I mean, I'm telling you, I mean, I was, but whether it be radio shows, I mean, I mean, Steve Harvey brought that out years ago. He said when he used to do a radio show years ago, where he played music. And one time he got on air. He said, y'all actually think I play the music that I want to play? He said, no. I mean, think about it, y'all. Think about it. I'll use two examples that my, my kids and I have always talked about. Let's take two radio stations. You have a radio station that's predominantly white Christian, and you have a radio station in Atlanta that's predominantly black. The black one plays all black music. The white one plays all white music. And it's always the same little songs all over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. I heard Break Every Chain so many times, I said, I don't ever want to hear that song again. I told Jay, we're going to the list. I said, take that song right on the list. I don't want to hear about no breaking on chains, no band-aids, no handcuffs, none of that. Anything that got to do with metal, I don't want to hear that mess no more. They just played it. They just played it, played it, played it, played it, played it, played it. Why do you think they're doing that? Because that's the thing that keeps your attention. What's hot, they just play it, and then they move on. Something else is hot. God is, you know, technically, y'all, let me say something. First of all, let me say this. There's no such thing as Christian music. Christians came up with that label. It's just music. It's either good or it's bad. It's either holy or it's evil. It's either pure or it's wicked. It's just music. There is, and see, and then let me tell you what the devil does. He lets the world get really creative and he comes to the church and create one sound. And in the predominantly black church, dun 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 And the only time that changes it goes up and dun 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 dun. And then if you play any other thing, that's the devil. No, it's not. 
There's, can somebody please open up their Bible and show me which scripture that says press a button and this is what Christian music sounds like? You know what uh, one person said? I can't remember who it was I was listening to. Oh, I know who it was, Kat Kerr. And, and, and she was saying that, first of all, she said all music come from heaven, the instrumental part. She said, but she, when she was in heaven, she had to ask the angel question. She said, what is this going on over here? She said, these are these demons catapulting themselves in the music arena of heaven where all music comes from. They can't withstand the glory, but they catapult themselves up here and they hear just one second of it. And that's enough for them to take the planet Earth and give to the sinners. And that's what caused them to have hot music. Music is neither good nor evil. It takes upon the nature of the person that's playing it. All music surpassed the Philippians test. Philippians 4.8. I know some of y'all convicted. That's going to be all right. I'm just trying to help you. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true. What is honorable. Is the music honorable? Ain't got to be talking about Jesus. But is the music honorable? Oh, you know, the Bible says that Solomon wrote, was it 13 or 1600 songs? Okay. And so, and, and they said that he wrote stuff. They said he wrote stuff that talked about from heaven all the way down to the hyssop that comes out of a wall. I mean, it's a whole lot of stuff to sing and make music about. I love, I mostly listen to instrumental. I can't stand most, I hate to say this. I can't stand most worldly and Christian music. Both of them poverty. There's some good Christian music out there and some good worldly music. And I can't even use that label. I should say it's just some good music. It is not evil because you didn't mention Jesus name or the Holy Ghost in your favorite angel. It's a one. I mean, y'all, some people love jazz. What is wrong with jazz? Ain't a thing wrong with jazz. OK, now, if you go to the Satan temple to listen to jazz, well, then that's another thing. You know, but you got to be careful with jazz. You can always and every once in a while you listen to something instrumental and it just don't sit right with you. Just let it go. I mostly listen to instrumental stuff. Okay. And then you have individuals that you can listen to one song, but you got to throw the rest away. What is that song? Um, what is happy? Um, I'm sitting over here trying to sing the song in my head. Sing along. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Wonderful song. Wonderful song. Wonderful song. But he got some. I'm sorry. I just. Yeah. <laughs> Ha! Get back. I'm thinking about the song, okay? I mean, I, and, and y'all, to be totally honest with you, that's a song that should have come out of the church. But the church can't create stuff like that because they want to put Jesus in everything. It's not his name, it's his DNA. You think they're going to heaven and every song going to be about Jesus? About the Holy Spirit? No, it's gonna, you're going to blow away because God ain't religious like that. But see, what happens is that come over to the church and, and make sure that they only create this one sound but give the creativity to the world. And when the church tries to take back the creativity, they raise up other Christians and say, you sound like the world. No, we're just taking back what they stole from us. Amen. You surprised people? I mean, most of get kicked out of churches for what he plays here. He got flat out kicked out of churches. One pastor kicked him out because the young people started coming to the church to listen to the music because the pastor wasn't saying nothing. So the pastor got jealous and kicked Moses out of the church. Whatever. Did I even read the rest of the scripture? Fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, what is admirable. Y'all, let me say something. How many of you know that marriage is holy? So guess what? Christians should be pushing out all type of love songs. All type of love songs. Because that's pure. And that's holy. 
Now, maybe the single people not, may not be able to. Come here. Y'all read Song of Solomon? How many know Song of Solomon is in the Bible? That's some X-rated stuff right there. Some of the stuff that he said in Single Solomon is like, what were y'all really doing? I mean, just, this is in the Bible. You want to write a love song to your wife and put Jesus in it. And somebody goes, that's just so disrespectful. No, it is not disrespectful. Jesus said, I came to give you what? Wouldn't even be no Christian songs if Adam hadn't messed up. Admirable, let's close this down. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So the song that you're listening to, does it exemplify holiness, what is right, or just peace, joy, things that will be honorable? What's in the lyrics in the song, would you be comfortable teaching this to your children as life principles? And some people, you know what you tell them this? They don't care. They're going to right back listen to that same old stupid stuff. And for me, let me tell you something. For, especially for you that's supposed to be called to the ministry, you can't be secular and expect God to use you mightily in ministry. It's not going to happen. You will be slowed down to a snail's pace because that stuff corrupts you. Whatever, whoever you, never mind, let me just finish this. We must all admit that most secular music does not pass the Philippians 4.8 test. The lyrics are impure and the devil uses it to influence people to sin or think about sin. When listening to music, you picture yourself in the song. That's why people are always dancing and, and rolling down the street like this, like at the roller skate ring and, 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 and I mean, rocking. I mean, you see all type of stuff in the car. And you, oh, we see next to lady, and she's just singing and uh, she thought she was Aretha Franklin. Picture yourself in the song. It will affect you, though, in some way. Are there secular songs that promote things that are noble and has nothing to do with evil? Absolutely, yes. Millions of songs like that. And we are free to listen to them. Just remember to be careful. Once again, if the song promotes evil, promotes worldliness, gives you bad thoughts, changes your actions, changes your speech, or if the music artist likes to blaspheme the Lord, we should not be listening to it. I don't care what album Jay-Z come out with. Let me tell you something. People be cracking me up, getting on Facebook and social media, quoting stuff from people that's not saved. I don't care about them. Ain't no quote out there greater than what the word of God says. So, I mean, that's fine. I mean, am I saying that you sin? No, all I'm saying is I don't listen to low-level men. Folk in the world think that guy is high-level, low-level. You think heaven is impressed with anything he come up with? You think heaven is impressed with anything that has come out of anything in planet Earth? No. Remember what that guy told, remember what that angel told, uh, who was it, Daniel? Or was it David? Or was it Gideon? It was one of them. <laughs> the angel showed up, and, and the guy said, are you for us, or are you for the enemy? It's Joshua. He got the man. <laughs> angel showed up, he said, you for us, or are you for the enemy? He said, neither one, both of y'all poverty. I'm here because of the Lord. <laughs> so if it promotes evil, changes your speech, or if the music artist likes to blaspheme the Lord, we should not be listening to it. When it comes to music, we can easily lie to ourselves. And you have probably lied to yourself and say, ah, God is okay with this. But deep down, you know he is convicting you and he is not okay with it. If they wouldn't play it in heaven, don't play it down here. Now, some people think that standard is too high. It depends on what you want for eternity. I didn't say you couldn't go to a jazz concert. I didn't say you couldn't do certain things. But it's just certain individuals, I don't care how talented they are, I'm just not going. 
It's just certain individuals that, I mean, and, and I mean, y'all, and it's so bad now, I am not talking about the woman. It's so bad now that people think Beyonce is some type of goddess. So much so, do you know what they're doing now? If you speak a negative word against Beyonce, she has something called the beehive. She didn't create this mess. Her fans did. Something called the beehive. So when you say something negative against her, the folk that are her fans, what they do is they sick the bees on you. It's them placing curses on you because you disagree with something Beyonce said. I wish you would send some bumblebees to my house. Yeah, you send some bumblebees to my house, I'm going to return, I'm going to return them back, but there's going to be some eagles sitting in front of your house. What a lion leading them. I'm always daring the senator to do something, you know, they low level, they ain't going to do nothing. All right, we're almost done. Give me two more minutes. First Corinthians 15, 33 through 34. Don't be fooled, listen to this, don't be fooled by those who say such things, for bad company corrupts good character. Think carefully about what is right and stop sinning. For to your shame, I say that some of you don't know God at all. Always remember this. Whatever music you listen to is the equivalent of letting that person come over your house and hang out with you. And share with you their philosophies and you listen and enjoy it. Since you're convicted, let's do Ecclesiastes then. Ecclesiastes 7.5, the Amplified. This is a good one. It is better for a man to hear the rebuke of a wise than to hear the song of a fool. And this stuff that they're pushing out now, this is lower level than fools. Okay? I mean, this, y'all, this stuff, this stuff is no longer music. You know, even when, even I'll just use rap, for example. When rap music came out, I mean, it wasn't that bad. I mean, they were talking, they didn't have profanity. I mean, some groups did, but some of the mainstream didn't have profanity. It was just talking about being cool and, and you know, um, you know, what is it? Friends! How many of us have them? <laughs> That's the church style. <laughs> okay, y'all know what I'm talking about. I mean, it's just, you know, it's just true, like, it, there's nothing wrong with that song, I think. I'm pretty sure. You know, there was nothing wrong with that song, you know. But, but this stuff now, and the kids are like, oh, this is the bomb, man. Oh, this is the bomb. What's wrong with you? So it happened when you give a thug free eight radio time. That's a, and I just so y'all know, y'all may not know this, but Hollywood, that's an actual plan. That's an actual blueprint. They scour the United States looking for fresh talent. This is their exact words. We know that most of these kids, they grow up in the ghetto, and $100,000 to them is like $10 million. We look for fresh talent. We get them to sign a contract and sign their life away. They get $100,000, and we end up making about $50 million off of them. And they got a contract to keep making these songs. And they said, that's what we push. That's their, they got a plan for every racial group. Their plan for the black community, and it used to be the black community, now that's their plan for all communities because most black music is, 83% of it is purchased by non-blacks. Talk to the police officers, say, hey man, it, start, it always starts someplace. Just like, for example, it, you know, it's, it's not the race, it's the enemy that started with that racial group. You look at Al-Qaeda and terrorism, it used to just be Arab man. Now, 
black men, white men, Chinese men, all of them becoming terrorists now. It starts with one group and then it spreads to the other. It just so happened that when it came to raggedy music, that was started in the black community. And now you see everybody wearing their pants down looking crazy. I mess with my wife at home like that. I did it this morning. You know, I'll, I'll get out the shower and put my clothes on and I'll be walking around like this with my. <laughs> oh, she can't stand that. But you know what, though? I, to, I, just, I just told her that, in my line, I just told her this morning, I said, I think I need to stop playing. I, no, seriously, because when I did that, I started feeling something spiritually. And I told her, I said, that really is, and it's, it's we, when I would play with it, I could literally feel, and I can't explain this. When, whenever I would play with her like that, you know, hold my pants and walking through the house, you know, like that, this is weird. I could, I, I understood the men that were doing it and how they really do think it's cool because it's spiritual. It really is. You know, and now, now you got, I mean, this, it's just really, really bad. And these kids are having kids now. I mean, you're standing out there and, and you're, you're 18 and you have on a pair of underwear and a pair of jogging suits that are all the way down to here with no shirt on and tattoos. And you actually think people respect you. Can't even run from the police. I shouldn't be playing like that. <laughs> Let me get through the rest of this. I'm telling you, that's what they're doing. You out there with your drawers hanging down and your pants hanging down, committing a crime, and you can't even run from the police. She at least have a belt on standby. Anyway. Colossians 3.16. I got to stop playing around so much. Let the, let the message about Christ in all its riches fill your lives. Not be a part of your life. Let the message of Christ fill it. Teach and counsel each other with all wisdom he gives. Sing songs and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. Whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus giving thanks through him to God the Father. Let me tell you something, okay? If you would be uncomfortable with Jesus riding with you in the car while you listen to this, it means you shouldn't be listening to it. Now, let me say this on the other side. The other side of it is that there are some people that are so religious, they wouldn't listen to orchestra music if Jesus was in the car because they're not free. Ephesians 5.18, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. Give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Two more scriptures. It's a lot what the Bible says about music. I might do a separate teaching on that and incorporate it. I might come back around with music and video games and, yeah. and social media. I think that's I'm going to put those three together. Psalm 33, 1 through 3, let the godly sing for joy to the Lord. It is fitting for the pure to praise him. Praise the Lord with melodies on the lyre, which is an instrument. Make music for him on the ten-string harp. Sing a new song of praise. Quit playing the same thing on the radio wave. Sing something new. Play skillfully on the harp and sing with joy. Let me tell you how I can be so messed up. I grew up in a Baptist church, you all, where it was a sin to have the drums. And you know, I come from a church like that. Only thing you could have is an organ. And it had to be a Hammond organ, the ones that sound like Count Dracula is the guest speaker for the day. When I opened up the church, somebody told me, uh, as, a, as a praise and worship leader, 
You got a Hammond organ? I said, no. Oh, you got to have a Hammond organ. No, I don't. I don't need that poverty mess in my life. Y'all know what I'm saying. The Hammond organs are really wonderful during tithes and offerings. Man, that service will be high when it comes to tithes and offerings. You get to playing that Dracula music. Bring you all the tithe into the storehouse. So that that might be me. In my house, says the Lord. Y'all didn't give no, this quote. Y'all didn't give nothing last week. You didn't get nothing the week before that. And we're hoping that you give something today. Because the Lord is able. Got that Dracula music playing in the background. I'm sorry. It's just what I was thinking about when I was at church. Y'all, this is the total opposite of Jesus. Last scripture. Y'all like, thank God. (laughs) Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heaven. Praise him for his mighty works. Praise his unequaled greatness. Praise him with the blast of the ram's horn. Praise him with the lyre and the harp. Praise him with the tambourine and dancing. Praise him with strings and flutes. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with a loud clanging cymbal. Let everything that breathes sing praises to the Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay? So when it comes to music, y'all, this is about what a lady I was talking to yesterday, something she said that was so good. This is about us preparing ourselves for eternity. And, and, And guess what? Whatever level you want to roll with, heaven will respect that. They will not reject you because you want to be a level one Christian. They will just work with you on level one. But when you step over into eternity, you have to live on level one. And there are some people that have convinced themselves that that's okay. And when they get to the other side, and I'm telling you, there's not one single again. You got to ask yourself a question. What would make a Chinese man go to heaven and give how much money away? 150 million away. Korean? Oh, sorry. He's Korean? For real? Oh, that's the other girl. Okay. So, yeah, I'm thinking about that. A Korean man gets caught up to heaven in a visionary experience. And based on what he sees there and what, based on what he learns there in that short amount of time, okay, short amount of time, he comes back, give all his money away, $150 million. That's insane. What did he see? What did he see? So, so, so I, now how many you know? I mean, people will sell their soul for $1 million. This man came back. And based on what he saw, was what eternity was going to be, he came back, don't need that no more. I'll be serving the Lord ever since and doing everything I can to make sure I can live large. So this is about you cleaning yourself up to be used by the Lord. This is some things have not come to you. Things have not advanced. Because if you've got these things in your life, you've made a determination that I'm not sold out yet. And there's just some people, they're just not sold out. And some people, it takes time for them to be sold out. That's why the Lord won't leave them. He'll keep on working with you until their last breath. But you've got to get on top of these things. Uh, when it comes to those things that are a curse, uh, that's easier. Because people don't, like, people like to say, people don't like to play with the devil. You know, just, no, the devil is in my house, get him out. But that music thing, that was the, that was the strongest thing for me, by the way, was the music. You know, I was the guy at the nightclub, sh- opening it and shutting it down and, and all that type of stuff. And, I, I, and to this day, I love Music. I absolutely love music and how it can. It's the universal language um, and just how music can just 
or the right music piece can give you the ultimate level of joy in the worst of situations. Music is the one thing that allows words to enter you without your permission. It is the one thing that can just, the, next to the word of God, music is the most powerful force on planet Earth because it can do so much. It makes, it makes people come out of character and it can make people get in character. Some of your best movie pieces, if you take that music, if you take the music out of this scene, you would not cry. It was the music that made you cry. Okay? I mean, it's just amazing how powerful music is. And every person that's been caught up to heaven, they said the music is always constant and never stops. I know one person that might have been Kat Kerr. She said heaven is such a magical and mystical place. She said you can have 300 pieces of music playing at the same time, and they're all different from one another, but they all sound the same. She said it's 300 different pieces of music, but yet it meshes perfectly. It is a very, very high level, high level. It's not even high level. It's just an a place where nothing is impossible. And so I'm really encouraging you because you're allowing whoever you listen to on a regular basis, you're allowing that person to dump their soul on the inside of you. It's called the law of one man working in another man. Jesus said it this way. He said the spirit of Elijah will be working in John the Baptist. See? So everything reproduces after its own kind. So who you keep listening to. Now there are some people that their responsibility requires them to do that. So like Mozart, because it's different things, Mozart has to listen to different things and he always has to investigate in different individuals and sometimes in the video. But let it be for the purpose of your job and creativity and not, well, I just want to, uh, I want to, he came out with part two and I want to see what that sounds like. And it's going to get worse. I mean, it's going to get worse. I mean, it's y'all, it's just, and, 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 and I, I have to be totally honest with you. That's the last frontier. I'm like, Lord, how do I catch up with that? Because that's the one thing that everybody got on their iPads and their phones and everything else. Yeah. Everything. Okay? And so, so just govern yourself, and that's all you can do. Let's go ahead and stand. Thank you, O Lord.